Hi. This week on Talk Sex with Tech, myself and Asa Flonat Scott find ourselves at Bergdorf Goodman having a nice afternoon lunch. Literally having an afternoon at Bergdorf's discussing the upcoming release of my book, Afternoon at Bergdorf's. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy today's show. Take it away, boys. I was looking for my soul. DJ Chauncey Dodridge gave it back to me. Every night, every night, every night I go. Every night, every night. Hi, my name is Dr. Richard Mills, and you are listening to uh, Talk Sex with Tech. I'm here today with a very special guest, Asam. Well, I just want to say, if you hear some background music, it is we do not own the rights to this, but it is interfering. We could have done outside, but we're doing inside. We're up on the seventh floor at asa tell them what's going on today we are at the new york infamous bergdorf goodman we are having an amazing brunch listening to some jazz music and if you hear me smacking my lips and sucking one down it is just the food that we have here boo boo and i am sitting here with the amazing Dr. Richard Mills, because he's going to be Dr. Mills today. He's not Dick today. We found ourselves on the seventh floor at Bergdorf Goodman. Today, we discuss the release of Afternoon at Bergdorf's. Because today, we are talking some serious business. We are talking about... <clears throat> let me clear my throat, honey. <coughs> serious serious New York business. Honey is an author, honey. An author. Let me fix my lips to say that. I am holding his book, people. In her hands, she was holding one of the limited copies of what I've been working on for three years. Afternoon at Bergdorf's, a novel by Richard M. Mills. He is a published author, so it's going to be some serious business. We are fancy up in here. We're having a bottle of wine. We're not drinking cheap liquor anymore. We have elevated from Josh's cheap bottle of wine. We are on a higher price point at Bergdorf's. We're having an Albarino because we are fancy. It's a Spanish wine. Check your face. Grow up and try it. And we're having some appetizers because we eat full courses of meals. We don't just have <laughs> just the booze and regular food. We are graduating today, honey. So you're going to hear all about our tea as we talk to Dr. Richard Mills about his book. I was a little nervous at first about where this was headed as I'd just given her one of the limited copies this morning before brunch. I have a question for you, Dick. I'm sorry, Dr. Mills. What? What was your inspiration for writing this book, Afternoon at Bergdorf's, and a beautiful afternoon in New York as we sit here and listen to jazz and talk about it? But 
Before we get into Q&A, we are up on the eighth floor. We are seventh floor. Okay, you guys, it is beautiful. We are up at Bergdorf Gibbon having a nice... Um, see see how these things are going like that? We need to make sure our voices are seen, honey. Okay. So we're up on the eighth floor. And I was like, Asa was like, I need to go to Tiffany's. And let me tell you, I've been in New York for seven years. Never been to Tiffany's. The day before, Asa said she needed to go to Tiffany's to pick up a gift for her friend's bridal shower. I said, I'll go to Tiffany's if we can go to Bergdorf's. Tiffany is my feel good, my emotional support store. I love it. First of all, when you walk into Tiffany, you feel special. You feel importante. I will say that I did feel a little special because when you, we were walking in through the door, the um, they have somebody greeting you at the door. It was true. When I arrived, somebody was waiting to take me upstairs. We're up at, um, so we go to breakfast. We're like at Tiffany's. And we go up, and uh, we're not gonna say what, who, or for what gift was bought for who, but it wasn't for me. And then it dawned on me why had Asa never bought me a gift from Tiffany's? Okay, and I'm just gonna talk about that because why didn't I get a gift? Okay, can we answer that question before I get into questions about my book? Your birthday is not around. I didn't know you rolled with Tiffany. So now I will recognize your importance and start getting you on the Tiffany list. So we got to Tiffany. We went into fourth floor. We purchased, um, you know, a few items. He was also looking for one for his mans. But... Um, we didn't find what he liked there. So we're going to, oh, we were supposed to check out another, we are supposed to check out the fragrance here for him. We are. Oh, we will. Okay. But Tiffany treats us right. Our girl, Emily, let's give her a shout out. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, places like Tiffany's, Bergdorf's, and other major retailers were closed for months in New York City. She she does some Reiki. Okay, well, just, you know, it's kind of funny. We were up there. She was so nice. And if you hear me, it's because I'm having a little a little din-din, a little afternoon lunch. We're having a nice bottle of some sparkling water, and we ordered ourselves a glass of wine. We are on the seventh floor at Bergdorf. Oh, we're, we bought, that's what I said, a bottle. But a salad up in here is like, girl... It's like a week's paycheck. <laughs> so, um, but you can afford it now, though. You're a published author. So yeah. So anyways, so we're so we're at Tiffany's, and um, our girl up at the register. We said we give her a little shout out. Shout out to Emily. She was okay. So she was no joke. This is actually the serious part. She is the epitome of what good customer service is. She was poised, she was articulate, she knew product, she knew price points when she asked me what I was looking for without making me feel uncomfortable or ashamed about what my price range was. 
and she was incredibly customer centered. She learned about us. She learned about who we liked. She learned about what we were looking for. And she was great at like getting us her items, having it packed and, and professionally wrapped. It was true. At Tiffany's, they wrap their packages and wrap them in a bow. Not like other retailers, but at Tiffany's. Honey, how much did you spend up at Tiffany's? What are we talking about price point here? Anyways, she got somebody something really nice. She didn't give me a gift for the, my launching of my book. But hey, what, what's that? I'm just chop liver in the, the grand scheme of things. But anyway, so Asa and I were, were up at Tiffany's. And then I'm like, well, the day before you called me, I'm up on the elliptical with my broken arm. And we decide that we're going to go to Bergdorf Goodman. And so we're so excited. We are. And here we are. So both of us have actually never eaten at Bergdorf's before. So this is our first experience. So our apps are the deviled eggs with some pancetta. And then we're, oopsie, the smacking still keeps going because the food's great. And we have an amazing server who's about to pour us some more wine. Honey, what's your name again? Luke. He's handsome, but we can't really tell with the with the mask. They have a nice, they have a nice mask. It has well, the... Ver- Asa, really oh, oh I know. <laughs> He's, he, he, he made a look at Richard when Richard talked about when he was... Yes. I am. I'm in love with. Yes, but what is this thing? What is this thing we're eating? So this, what we're eating here again. So we're grown, grown. We're using one microphone. We're going back and forth. So you're gonna hear a little bit of, um, you know, some stuff. So we are having the roasted tomato galette. It's basically a tapenade with a frisé salad and some goat cheese on it and some caramelized onions. Again, we are grown and fancy today, so we're not eating no fried, you know, French fries and McDonald's. Looking at the price points on the menu, McDonald's was almost my first option. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to hate a McDonald's. I love some McDonald's. Me and Hockey were riding around the other day, and we stopped at McDonald's. It was so good. But... We got some wine, and we got some wonderful experiences here. I mean, it's not that bad. It was like, what, like $20 for an appetizer? But this is not, this is a plate full of goodness, okay? So, yeah, so we are, uh, so then we, by Emily, came over to Bergdorf's. I'm going to talk about the black experience. Can we talk about the black experience, honey? Speak on it, sir. So I will never, ever understand the black experience, but this next story puts some things into perspective. So I'm walking up to the floor seven, and I'm just like, Asa, this is where this happens in the book. This is where this happens in the book. And all of a sudden, like, I felt like, I was like, is this what it feels i hate when i go into a store because it makes you feel like they're like looking for you to like shoplift or something asa goes on to explain what it is that i'm talking about 
So what Richard is describing, let me just be clear. So we get into Bergdahl. First of all, the folks on the first floor are computer, they're, they're very trained. They were very polite. They were very intuitive and very caring about showing us where we needed to go, what we wanted. Our intention for coming here was just to walk around. I wanted to know what Richard's inspiration was for writing the book, to go through the places that he and his character kind of went through as they were, as he was, you know, writing the book and some of her journeys so I can have like, you know, that little camera eye um, feel of it before I read the book. So that was my intention. So we got on the seventh floor. So we're like walking around and this woman, she's just like, like literally like eating my ass. Okay. And like, is that your experience? I'm like, do you want to give me a rim job, honey? What's going on? She was, so there are two things. One, she's probably works in commission. So that was probably her reason for being like super, super attentive. But the way that she lingered is something that if any of our folks of color who listen in right now, you understand the lingering feeling. It was at that moment I felt it. I've only felt it a few times in my life, but at that moment, I really felt it. Asa went on to explain this further. And following you around, just the three paces behind, you touch anything, she's there just kind of reminding you, hey, yes, I saw that you touch it, it better go back to where it is. Um, and it was super uncomfortable, but I am, I'm kind of sen- desensitized to this experience, he, um, Richard, was not. I was not, but I wasn't going to let that ruin our afternoon at Bergdorf's. You know, Asa and I are up here at Bergdorf Goodman's. It is so nice. Asa, like, how would you describe it up here? How would you describe the experience on the seventh floor? Because the seventh floor in my book is really relevant. So how would you describe... Um, the the seventh this like experience so the seventh floor here is really really great um there's lots of there's lots of velvet you can hear me there's lots of velvet um on some of the chairs and there's some there are a few tables a few of them are four four person there's a couple of two intimate seating tables that have like little bucket seats that are very like fancy and ethereal and kind of um, has this cascaded overview of just like you feel like it's jazz in the 20s there is um, a jazz uh, ambiance here when you walk in there's like kind of live feel of band music um, soft lighting uh, there is you know some kind of you know, FICA plants around and the chairs have the, the BG um, emblem kind of logoed on it. But when you touch anything, it's either smooth or soft, which is very, very nice. And it gives you that feeling of just the transportation into the 20s. Um, and the service is just really, really great. I go on to answer a number of Asa's questions about the book. Let's start with your questions. We're going to do a Q and A, a Q and A, and then you know me, I'll go off into another story. So um, let's re-ask that question for the for the folks back home. Awesome. And if our daddy comes back, we're going to put in our order for our main course, just so you know. So 
My first question for you was, what inspired you to write this book, um, Afternoon at Bergdorf's? Why did you choose this location as the location of um, this mystery that happens? So this book actually has nothing to do with Bergdorf Goodman. No, the whole book is about Bergdorf Goodman, but it really, like, Bergdorf Goodman is just a, it's a place. But there's something, like, when you walk in this place, like, and, and as we're sitting here, I'm not saying that it's not relevant. Girl, are you, like, snapping on your phone? Like, she's up on her Snapchat. So there's these two stories. There's a woman by the name of Catherine York, and she is a, um, sh in the storyline, she, she was a jazz singer that actually sang up at the, um, the Cotton Club, well, I, g I call it the Polly Parker Club in Harlem, and she, uh, and I don't want to give it away, I'm not going to give it away, but I think when we, as I was doing the book, um, it kind of goes, she's an, a woman in her 90s who has dementia. And she thinks it's like every third Thursday she's, um, or Friday, she's goes to Bergdorf Goodman's. And they bring her up to the eighth floor, but there's not really an eighth floor. We're not going to say what's on the eighth floor. The eighth floor is the central part of the story. But here's another interesting fact. But it's not open to the general public. But in the book, there's like this whole thing about she's going to the showing. But then there's another character. His name is Joe Tiller. And he's kind of like this racist, asshole, xenophobe. And it was hard writing his character. Yeah, so we'll get into the characters later. Um, but I'm just curious. You still, you're still kind of, you know, dancing around my question. My question was, what made you choose... Bergdorf as the location. Because there's 34th Miracle on 34th Street. Nobody, uh, Macy's has been done. Tiffany's has been done, even though I've never been there. There's so, I remember coming in here and feeling like, oh my God. Like, it's a, it, there is a whole different experience here, right? Like, when I walked into Bergdorf Goodman's, it's like Bergdorf Goodman, right? And there's like, it's kind of like a queer place, right? And for me, I mean, I wanted to say, like, I grew up in New York. I was in high school in New York. I lived, I went to high school in Brooklyn um, in a very poor part of New York. Um, and, you know, kind of disenfranchised, you know, mostly um, Caribbean folks. In the black experience. And, but I had friends who were very affluent and had, you know, this particular part of it. And one of the things that we really enjoyed was um, coming to, to Bergdorf's to go shopping. We'd go to Bergdorf's, Abercrombie & Fitch, and Barclays and our pals and we would go to Tiffany's like as you know our you know Friday afternoons and and so that's something that that's very nostalgic for me that's in your book in fact as I like look around right now and I see the age group the demographic kind of array of the people who come to Bergdorf is very very different um, you know we're sitting right now across from two you know 
um, white ladies who are maybe in their 20s. And then we have a couple who's um, Asian who are probably in their, you know, 30s. And then we also had like two other couples who left or two other tables who left who were, you know, ladies in their, you know, 50s or 60s. So the demographic kind of spans the whole um, arena of everybody who comes here. And it's very eclectic field of what happens at this particular location. I go on to talk about my own experience of how I felt the very first time I ever came into Bergdorf's. Um, when I walked into Bergdorf's, I felt very, um, I felt very moved. So here we are, and it, it, this does this music represents who the main character is, but in her book, in my book, Roman White, who is um, he's black in the book, he is her caretaker. And he talks about like how the it's almost like the twain shall never meet, right? But it's I think it's a cute story. They were originally two separate stories. It was originally two separate stories that merged into one. Just stop right there. No, it was originally two separate stories that merged the into one is so i had seen uh sunset boulevard on broadway and i was so amazed by glenn close her character that i i said wow like she's like if i would write a story it would be about this and then i had another character who is who was another totally separate and i do that and when i write i do all like like right now I think I'm doing another merger of two stories it's kind of cute so who is the hardest character to write and why um I so there was two characters Joe Tiller was the hardest character to write because of the things that he would say so some of the like very racist things like originally I had dropped the n-word in the book and I had removed it but it's very like Indiana my home right like it's the stuff that I grew up hearing or the stuff and it's very it's difficult so that was very difficult it was also very I mean I think that I don't relate to any of the characters personally Asa thinks she's going to be funny and decides to turn to page 69, but she finds herself getting a surprise. So I'm going, of course, because it's talk sex with Dick. I'm going to go to page 69, <laughs> and I'm going to read a line. I'm going to read a line from it. Why don't you read the whole page of page 69, honey? The whole page. Do we have enough time? I just want to read like a little bit of, I'll read a little bit of it just for, just for shock value. So um, here's the line. Maybe then she think twice before whipping out the fake ATM card. Then again, who wants the Mexicans holding up the line? I should call ice in her ass. I heard her broken English. Obviously she's an alien across the border legally. Thank you, Donald Trump. The goth of some people, fucking losers. 
I have to find that bitch JC something that will impress her, something her husband will never think of, something that says, I wish you were the fucking one. As I hear her read the words that I wrote, I feel uncomfortable myself. Oh my god, so that is that Union Square, right? That shit was difficult to write. But I just channeled my inner Indiana, and I said, you know what? I'm going to write it. And that's actually, like, that was very difficult to write. That was very, very difficult to write. Yeah, I can see that. Like, knowing who you are as a person and knowing, you know, the the level of empathy that you have for people, especially people who are disenfranchised and all of those things. I can understand the juxtaposition of just like first having to create a character that represents the true evilness of the world, but then at the same time still living in that space where you're you. Um, It's a little bit um, chaotic, I can see. Oh my gosh, this woman that just came in, she is fabulous. All of a sudden, we see this woman who looks like the one, the only, Donatella Versace sitting next to us. Let's talk about Donatella. I mean, my God, folks, it's like somebody took out that canvas and that brush and just said, honey, we are going to just, we're going to let that, let that, that palette fly today. Yeah, homegirl is Versace dad from head to toe. She's wearing a Versace mask, even honey with the print. Um, she has the Versace legging with the print, the Versace uh, bomber jacket with the print, the Versace shoes, and she has the platinum blonde hair. And did I mention that homegirl is shooting 60? Come on, somebody. Oh, my God. Like, she was with us, and then she was not with us but there's a character in um in the story an employee at bergdorf goodman not like daddy okay but so his name is julian in the book and he's like the manager he oversees all of bergdorf's those are the fictional things also eighth floor is fictional So, my other question for you is, I know writing is usually cathartic for you. I know, like, your first book was very ultimately personal. This one is a little bit separate from that, because this is more of a novel and fictionalized to some extent. And I'm curious as to, do you go into a different process when you write just a more um, personalized account of your life versus when you're doing it fictionally. Okay, so White Trash in a Pretty Package, which is the first book that I'm actually thinking about um, releasing. It like I was trying to go through it. Again, it's just not ready. I'm doing a rewrite on it. Um, but the... I would say like it is. So the stories in this book are actually things that I've seen on the train. So most of the, what people don't know is that this book was written entirely on the train. 
it's a possibility that if you live in New York, that you are probably, could be, maybe, a character in the book. What I go on to explain is that the majority of this book was written while commuting to and from my home in Astoria to Manhattan College on the New York City subways. So I were I live in Astoria, and I would. Do you have the showtime guys? Have the showtime guys from the New York trains? Did they make an appearance on here? Oh my god. So they're on there. Okay, so there's some memorable moments. The girl that gets arrested with the IKEA bag. <laughs> that one's good. Um, the Showtime guy. Uh, but all those subway scenes are from Joe Tiller's perspective. Okay. But I just think it was like kind of funny, right? Like this is like this is the like situation, right? So as we're like sitting there and um, as I'm going through this and we're I'm writing this I used to write it every day when I would go from Astoria and I would take the NW down to, to Times Square and then I'd take the train up the one up so you would like I would look for things so I'm generally writing on the train so there's actually an advertisement from a company that Joe Tiller reads off um, it's and it's actually an actual advertisement that I saw. Interesting. That's so, so good. So since, you know, what we always like to talk about is, yeah, yes, sex. Um, I want to ask you a question about um, the sex scenes in these books, because I know there is a few. So, my question is, are any of these from personal inspiration, <laughs> or are these all fictionalized? You know I ask the tough, hard, journalistic questions up in here. Okay, Oprah, back down. So, anyways, um, there's not really any sex scenes in the book. There is a labor scene in the book. Oh, there is. No, I'm... There, there is a Joe Tiller sex scene, but he's a sociopath. That was taken from and inspired from American Psycho, where the guy, like, the, a lot of that, his character is also taken from American Psycho. Asasa tries to press more for sexual content in the book. I go in to talk about my own experience of how I relate to the woman, Catherine York. But no, there's no sex scenes, but there are scenes and there are personal things. I think that like Catherine's identity with like losing a child, that felt very heavy. There's still a scene that I read out of there that feels very, how would you say? It feels very... Like, I cry when I read it because I understand it. There was a part she says, I don't know what it is to lose a child, but I do know what it is. To like, there's some line in there. But anyways, so that, like, but there's also other pieces and parts. There's even Joe Tiller, like, the racist. You can find a little bit of, like, why he is the way he is. 
was that important for you to kind of have a level of understanding for even the villain in your book like to create a space that you can kind of elucidate why he is the way that he is was that like a personal project of yours I mean if I was going to write a prequel to this he part of this is his own experience from when he when he is the way he is like people do not become racist they become racist from listening to Fox News as many know I grew up in little old Indiana where racism was embedded in the culture and othering was common practice. But that was, um, you know, that that's definitely something that I wonder if, as an author, if that is a part of the process that sometimes people go through where they use, they use the pages of their text to kind of workshop critical issues that they're having with folks that might be closer to them um, in a way that's therapeutic. I mean, I think my parents are very loving. I just think that some of the stuff like, uh, some of the stuff people wouldn't realize that is built in racism, like it wouldn't even occur to them. Like they hold a belief like people from Chicago are going to be coming into their neighborhoods to like and that's a very like Donald Trumpy message, but do I think that my dad's like like an overt racist, or do I, do I think my mom? No, like they clearly love people, but they also hold specific views because of what they're limited to. I mean, if let's say we walked in, there was a woman in the hijab, we go, "Oh, hey, honey, like how you doing?" But I wouldn't say, "Hey, honey, how you doing?" because out of respect. Right, but I think it's, oh, I don't know, honey. But I think that, so this is what I will say about this, and it's not me not, d given the, the, are we gonna pack the courts, which I hope they fucking do, okay. Um, the Joe Biden response, but I'm gonna give you the Richard Mills response, which is when I'm writing, when I'm writing, you have to depersonalize, like when I, so what I do when I write, I'll sit on the train and I have a little iPad and I do it in notes and I will close my eyes and I disassociate into the character. Do I have multiple personality disorder? Disassociative? I mean, you have to do that. You have to be able, like there's parts of, but I will tell you there are some characters that will be up on the uh, Glenn Close, you know, she's going to be getting the number one, Catherine York, because it is inspired after her. And uh, we want some hot daddies on there, okay? Glenn Close was originally one of the inspirations when I saw her at the Palace Theater in New York City performing Sunset Boulevard. She was the inspiration for Catherine York. So this will definitely be a part one of this interview because I definitely want to come back and after I've read the book to kind of ask you some questions about those characters and have a full on like session about the book. I want to do like a full expose and, you know, kind of decrypt, but yeah um but just you know we're, he's telling me to wrap up but I, what i want to but what 
No, no, no. But what I want to say, though, um, I'm super proud of you. Like, I know that this book was definitely a, um, you know, came from a place that you spent a lot of time, dedication, you know, um, sweat, blood and tears to get it out. And I'm so proud of your dedication to it. I'm so proud of the work that you've put into it and the passion that you have for just telling a story. Um, and that's something that you do even in your own practice. Your goal when you're working with patients is not just about, you know, um, kind of just sitting there talking to someone. You encourage them to tell their truths about their stories so that they can get to a place of personal healing. And even though this novel is fictionalized in a particular way, I feel... I feel that that's what you're doing, though. Like, I think you are kind of going through that process of helping people tell a story that hopefully leads to some transformation and healing for others. I went on to discuss further character development of Catherine York. So I just want to make clear, as I, like, hold this book, um, there is parts of it that flash back to her life in the 1950s, and you understand how she became the woman she was. I remember I was sitting on the train, and, um, and, and I want you to read it, you know, as you read it, and we'll do a part two of this. Maybe we'll come back and do a part two, but I really think that there's this piece of it, like... It is difficult to write a book, you know, and I just want to, when I was picking, when I was working Glass Spider Publishing, they were the ones who, uh, Vince Font and them over there, he was amazing. The woman that did this cover, she's, her name's Judith, she did an absolute amazing job on this cover, you know. It just feels very, what are you doing, girl? Are you snapping for comments? Are you... Uh, what did they say? What? No, so they were just telling me how amazing it was that we were like doing some sex therapy at Bergdorf's. <laughs> okay. Hopefully this will be available at Bergdorf's. So there's, an, and we're going to kind of add off with this. Um, so this will be coming out, um, not this week, but next week. So the book is coming out on November the 8th. I go on to explain why this date very special and sentimental to me. November 8th, um, which is my daughter's birthday. She would have been 25. So there's a little dedication at the beginning that um, it says for my daughter, Lake, and that's who this is dedicated to. She would have been 24 this year. So... She would have been proud. I wish she never read any of my stuff. So, but so I think that maybe I'll always release books on her birthday as like an honor for her. I wish she would have been here. She would have loved this book. But her name was Lake, and that is the inspiration for a lot of things that I do. So, um, yeah. So, Mama, do you have any more uh, things for me? No more questions, but I definitely want to wrap up because I'm ready to have my chicken um, and uh, figure out what's the next, uh, you know, 
phase in our lives that we're going to be doing. I love doing firsts with you. This is our first Bergdorf experience. This was our first Tiffany's experience. Um, and so hopefully um, we can do some more first um, again. And so this was just a really amazing day. And I just want to thank you for that, Richard. And I'm excited for your book. And I'm excited for everything else that you have, um, you know, coming to you. And this is going to be just a great journey that I'm glad to, to be um, on with you. Honey, I'm always excited to pop my Tiffany's cherry with you. And this is like our pop and our Bergdorf Goodman Goodman cherry together. It was like a three-way. I want to. Uh, there's so many things <laughs> that I want to talk about, but I hope that everyone will. Uh, I hope that everyone will go out and uh, that hears this and uh, afternoon at Bergdorf's. I'm so so excited, and I love. I absolutely love the cover. It's it's. I love it. I love what the woman did. So yeah. So. Any other things? I love the matte cover. Um, although I'm always one for glossy, but the matte finish um, definitely gives a little bit more vibe of authenticity. Um, and I love just the New York City um, backdrop on it. The skyline view with the Statue of Liberty. Um, not the Statue of Liberty, the Empire State Building just kind of embossed um, on the cover. It's just very classic. And um, I just love me some dick. Well, <laughs> Dick loves you too. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you guys, if you get a chance, come up to um, Bergdorf Goodman, right? And demand, say, there's a book out there, Afternoon at Bergdorf's, if you're in the New York area. You stop on in, you say, hey, mama. Hey, Daddy. So um, we're going to cheers this day away. And it's been an absolute wonderful time. We only had one audio fuck up. Oh, excuse my language. So uh, I'm so excited. Uh, again, Asa Scott, she's, uh, as we listen to some of this jazz, what is that song? I love it. It's like Judy Garland. I think it's Lavian Rose is playing right now. You know who is one of my favorite French people? Who, Daddy? Edith Piat. Could you say that again? Your French accent was so great with the Louis with the Indiana twang. Edith Piat. So, anyways, all right, you guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love you guys. I hope that, yeah, this book's gonna be. I really enjoyed it, and I think you will. It's a bit of mystery. It's got a little bit of everything. It has a love, a love plot, but it's also very sad. So, as is the tragedy of my life. As we finished up our lunch at Bergdorf Goodman, we decided to take a gander around, only to find ourselves experiencing new things and new people. As we left, and we found ourselves in the afternoon of the city. Girl, 
they thought that uh, they this was all they were gonna like get, right? And we we have a story to tell. Asa, <laughs> we just had <laughs> we just had a, a, a lovely afternoon of Bergdorf's, and you are like stuffing yourself with some some chips. You guys, these the <laughs> okay. We got uh. Mmm. What kind of salsa do you think that is? It's probably like store shelf Tostitos or some shit. <laughs> but it, it is, is, yeah, this is what we like to call, you know, ladies, after you've had that big O. And then homie just like surprises you with, a, with an extra twirl with the poke this is what this is this is the extra episodes and the very very happy ending is what we're about to to give you some extra tea right now oh my god so lord like are you comparing our chips and our street chips and salsa to we're outside you guys so you can hear it all they are Bells and whistles, people next door. We got Billy Eilish. <laughs> girl, hey girl. She looks like Billy Eilish a little bit, right? So we we decided like so girl, you had this really nice lunch up at Bergdorf's. And <laughs> you're all snacking on some I'm gonna get me a chip too. So I'm gonna let you Oh my God! So Asa, can you just cap up what happened when we left? Because that was that's the ending. So Bergdorf was giving us all of the black experiences. So I would just like to preface this part of the episode with hashtag We all don't fucking look alike. Hashtag Black people have different features. Hashtag All black women look very different. Hashtag, I am not fucking Queen Latifah. Hashtag, I'm not fucking who you thought I was. Hashtag. Okay. Issa goes on to tell us about her experience of being mistaken for a celebrity. So let me say. So, girl, hashtag black girl magic because apparently... Asa is famous. Like, so we're sitting up at our table and we're having this. So we, we order, well, you guys were just there, but we ordered like a nice bottle of wine. Then what else were we doing? Nice bottle of wine. And in addition, we were like, hey, we're going to have ourselves some deviled eggs and whatever that little appetizer we had. Do you remember what it was called? The tapenade. So good. So mm, there's that daddy. Okay. Why are they, why is it like a dad? <laughs> and hey girl, <laughs> all your milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. I feel like that's what's happened. Okay. Any girl, are you present or are you snapping? What's. I just have to let my designer know what dress I should get for my event this weekend. For her event. Cause she's famous. <laughs> 
So we're sitting. So we're. It's real nice out. So we're sitting. Not in Billy Eilish. She's sitting next to us with her friend. Hey, girl. I love that. So are you? Can you put it down so I can tell the story? Can you tell her we are in the process? See, this is what happens. Like, I will be with Asa in a moment, and she will be, like, up on her phone. And that's why people mistake her for being famous. Hold on. Like the devil? Mm. I think I like the red on red. I want that one on the left. I love that material for you. The other one looks like Dream Girls. Okay, we're not doing Dream Girls today. Okay, can you just be present with me during the filming of this television show? So anyways, I'm sitting. Me and Asa are leaving, leaving Bergdorf Goodman. And, um, and this girl. So we're having dinner. Donatella is behind us now. Billy Eilish is back there, right? So, and so she's to my right. Hey, girl. So we love you. She's like the Billy Eilish is like the Fiona Apple of you know. So anywho, we're sitting in Bergdorf's. Donatella's there. You got these girls that are sitting there. You could have plugged me, okay? Yes, you could have plugged me up on the show, but you didn't. So we're sitting there. And so we walk and then Asa's like, what? It's, uh, take it from here, Asa. What what happened in the bathroom at Bergdorf's? So I go into the bathroom, minding my business because your girl needs to pee. She's had a whole bottle of wine. I saw daddy in the bathroom. And thank you, Luke. He was so nice. Our waiter, love him. So I saw him, said thank you so much. Luke was all about the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He was very much all about service. He was about servitude. And he was very good to look at. (laughs) He was like a cute. So Luke up at BG's, like... Ladies go what that's why Donatella goes up there because she's like trying to get up on some Luke and we are saying stay away. Okay. <laughs> Donna. So I get to the bathroom. Um I did my thing. I'm coming out and as I come out, this girl who was sitting across from us during the whole time that we were potting she like walks in with her other friend. This was the two, the 22 year olds that were sitting directly across from us. She walks up to me and she goes, oh my God, I love your show so much. I'm so excited to meet you. Uh, oh my God. And oh my god so i'm like as i'm hearing this that's like literally (laughs) she got (laughs) accosted like the girl wanted a signature go on a song so then she goes to me um can I can can we take a pic is it okay can we take a pic with you and I was like oh thank you so much for your support and I was like um so 
totally awkward. And I was like, oh, and then her friend goes, oh, I really, really need to pee. So she's like, oh, let's go use the bathroom and then we'll be right back out. Can we take a pic? And I was like, awkwardly, uh, sure. Because at this point, I am very much aware that she has no effing clue who I am because she obviously thinks that I am someone else that she thinks is much more famous than me or much more famous than the fame inside of my head. So um, I have no idea who the fuck she thought I was, but she was definitely... This is a family program. We don't drop the up on. Anyways, I thought it was funny, but it's not funny. Hashtag, she ain't your girl, okay? That you can get a picture with and use for your Instagram. So, anyway, so then we're like walking out of Bergdorf Goodman, right? And we're having this like moment of just feeling like. Damn, we just had like lunch at BG's. Like it was a really nice I would say like that met every experience that I had ever thought. I and I'm I didn't sit in the thing and it's mentioned in the book, but I did not sit and uh these these boys need to quit cat calling. Okay, that's what's happening married okay girl keep walking anywho i was like oh my gosh this is the experience that i have been looking for so when we walked out of bergdorf's i took a little picture with the book so if you go on the instagram we like did some some what gorilla marketing right there maybe they'll get a few copies up there mm-hmm as Ace and I were leaving Bergdorf's, we just thought it would be funny to put the book up against a few others in their collection. So I want to go out what happened after we exited the Bergdorf location. So Richard is like kind of floating on, crowd, on cloud nine. He is glowing, child. I am glowing. We are just skipping, holding hands, skipping away. And our enthusiasm was so contagious that people around us were looking at us and just beaming. I mean, I felt like I was in a, a moment of sex in the city. Like, it was it was black girl magic at its finest. Like, I'm holding my booze hand. We're walking down the street. I am just, oh, I love this girl's mask. Love it, honey. Work. So anyways, I am just like filling it. Like I'm like filling just like so good. Went up to the seventh floor, had a delicious, I don't know what they put in that food. It was like I was hungry after I left, but I was okay that I didn't need another meal. Like it was just the perfect amount and it's about savoring that food, like these chips, okay? So we are walking along, and I'm just like, I don't know. Do you remember what happened next, girl? So we're going to hand it over to Asa. So... Richard and I were walking and he was just glowing. He was just like, oh my gosh, look at all the people looking at us. They're probably just saying, can I say what you said? You said it's a family show. I don't know if I can be an explicit. I have your permission. Okay. 
so he's walking and he's just like oh they're probably just saying look at that dude with the nice big dick <laughs> and we were just kind of giggling like two little schoolgirls walking down then it was like tongue and cheek like something you say to one of your girlfriends right <laughs> So anyways, we're just bopping along and uh, like, I feel like people just, we're looking so good coming out of the Bergdorf Goodman, even though we didn't, well, we did, we purchased dinner or lunch. So we're just like in our moment. And then I said, okay, they're probably all jealous. Okay. And then homeboy, this nice very God-fearing African-American man was standing up minding his own business. But for some reason, he got thirsty because he decided to drink a sip of our water all up in our business. We didn't even invite him to the cookout and he's showing up there with no potato chips, with no potato salad, and with no sweetened iced tea. And he's standing there and looked at us and said... And folks, I didn't say that. My friend, my <laughs> my friend of color did. Okay, we're just wanting to make sure. Okay, that's not my voice. He then turned at us and he goes, I don't know about all that. <laughs> he said it like with his chest. He was like, I don't know about all that. <laughs> and I wanted to say, what don't you know about? Of course you wouldn't know about that. Okay. I mean, that's, that is what it is. Okay. Richard was shaken. Richard's bubble. Like if he had an imaginary bubble over his head, it just got popped and deflated because he was on cloud nine and Mr. Talking with his chest. I don't know about all that. Popped his bubble and he had a crash to earth with an ice cold bucket of water sprinkled on him like I, f I felt it in my spirit in the spirit of the Lord the disappointment that he felt after that statement it I heard what were you are you still are you still feeling about that I'm not because there's all these boys walking by that are not wearing underwear underneath their um underneath their sweats what is up with this free ball situation up in the west village it increases the spermage is what i was told now i have heard actually opposite like if you want to get pregnant you need to be wearing some boxer briefs hey ladies billy eilish is still sitting over there she's cute though i love billy eilish Anyhow, so my bubble was not burst, but it did feel like, you know, there was there was something going on. So that's uh, that was pretty much that has been our afternoon. So we went up on the train. We were sitting there. We were filling it. We got up, had breakfast at Tiffany's and snacks at Bergdorf's. OK, so. I just, I, I'm so, it, it feels so good. You know what, we're going, and, and Ace, are you feeling it, or are you feeling that phone? 
we're going to start having a no phones policy on my podcast. Like, put your phone up in your bag. Come on, be present, honey. But you're looking real fierce. We were looking real fierce. And that man, he was just upset. And my girl, Asa, she looked like a film star. Taking in the authenticity of the city, I decide to lead us out with the story of the other day when I was walking in the East Village. So the other day, I'm on my bike down in the East Village and I'm like sitting there and walking riding my bike and all of a sudden I see this policeman damn like he looked like he was coming out of Falcon Studios and I was like he looked like he was walking out of a pornographic movie a double feature and I was like and I looked over at Chris and I was like, damn. And he goes, I said, that man looks like he just walked out of a porno. I want to thank everybody today for tuning in to today's episode of Talk Sex with Tech. My name is Dr. Richard Mills. I would like to thank my co host and co pilot. Asa Flonat Scott for joining me on today's journey for popping my Tiffany's cherry and just exploring Bergdorf Goodman. We had a wonderful afternoon at Bergdorf's. I'd like to thank all the essential workers out there in New York and other parts of the world for showing up for your community and hopefully we will show up for you afternoon at Bergdorf's will be available uh, for digital download or you can purchase a physical copy by going to amazon.com so exciting I'm so excited for this piece of art to come to the world the music today, 53 Christopher Street, is um, brought to you by DJ Chauncey D and Van Hector. Thank you, boys, again for letting us use that wonderful, wonderful song as the anthem for today's episode of Talk Sex with Tech. Again, Afternoon at Bergdorf's will be available for your pleasure on November 8th. My name is Dr. Richard Mills, and you've been listening to Talk Sex with Dick. Take it away, boys. I was looking for my soul. DJ Chauncey Doctrine gave it back to me. Every night, every night, every night I go. Every night. Every night, every night I go